Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Danielle Laporte. And essentially, this is a one-woman show about self-realization called With Love, Danielle. This is, I hope it's obvious by now, an adult conversation. So just heads up with whoever you have around you. You can find copious notes on people I mention and books I refer to and uh, basically a compilation of every episode in the podcast notes at daniellelaporte.com. I'll be talking about compassion, self-help fatigue, sex, joy, serving the world. This is about a spirituality that's way more rock and roll than it is oppressive. I'm here to help you turn your anxiety into power. Personally, I want to live more deeply, but lighten up. You're going to hear about all the ways that I have finally figured out how to do that. It's about doing everything I can to help all of us feel a little less crazy, a lot more full of possibility, and clearly part of the solution. Hey, it's Danielle. Who wants to talk about narcissism? I know you do. (laughs) I know a gazillion, mostly females, just raised their hand right now and said, fuck yeah, let's talk about narcissism. I got a lot of questions about this rolling in, so I decided to just do a sermon episode on narcissism. Let me start off with a big, juicy disclaimer preface. I am not a psychologist, a psychotherapist, a trained coach, a licensed coach, nothing like that. I am only speaking from my depth of experience and the research that I have done. Next important preface. (laughs) Human disclaimer. Everybody a little bit narcissistic. Narcissism, like love, like consciousness, exists on a spectrum. Like to be psychologically healthy, you have to strike a balance between the demands of society and how you need a personality to navigate with who you are in your soul. You know, ideally, there's not a huge gap between how you show up in the world and who you are as a greater being. What you see is what they get. But we all have a veneer that comes from a place of healthy self-preservation. So you could say that's on like, that's on the very low, teeny tiny end, the legit end of the narcissism spectrum. Now, (laughs) the far other end, you got full tilt, unhealthy narcissism, where it is all about 
one's self. Me, me, me. And even though it may not look like it, I'm just going to make sure it all gets back to me, me. And by the way, me. Okay. Now, what does this have to do with women, men, humans who consider themselves to be on a spiritual path of loving kindness and being of service to the world? So let's say that your commitment to loving kindness you know, it's getting you somewhere. <laughs> Your experience of fruits of that labor, you're becoming deeper and brighter and truer to yourself. You are an incredibly understanding, tolerant in a healthy way, because tolerance also operates on a spectrum. But you are, you are, you're tolerant, you're receptive in the best kind of way. Being on the spiritual path has helped you cultivate greater empathy within yourself, you're fucking amazing. Truly. You know who can sniff out empathetic people like you, like us, like we? Highly narcissistic people. They love empathetic people. And you'd think that because empathetic, attuning humans particularly women, particularly those who identify as feminine dominant creatures. You would think that because we're more in tune with vibe, with energetics and our own feelings, that we'd know immediately when someone has jacked into our own life force and they are just draining it. But since we're committed to the journey, to the path, until we wake up, we just keep tolerating that dynamic of energy drainage. Okay, before I keep going, I just want to press pause. Don't you press pause. I'm going to press pause on my theorizing here. Just say, please bear in mind that we all have varying degrees of self-centeredness. Do not go and label your BF or your GF or your boss as a narcissist, just because they're asking for more than you want to give, just because they want more room in the closet. It doesn't mean that they need to go into psychotherapy immediately to have their deep narcissistic personality reorganized. So please, perspective here, okay? Because there is a degree of narcissism that could be labeled as a mental disorder. And I want to get into that, the real darkness of it. So with so much of the Psych 101 material that's available to all of this, we tend to throw out these diagnoses a little too freely. It's like, you know, like, oh my God, he's like totally borderline sociopath. Please, we're not here to do that. We're here to look deeper into ourselves and how we respond to what we perceive as narcissism. All right. So the reason why it's important to get into this conversation is because a lot of that high-spectrum narcissism is really wreaking havoc with people who are sincerely trying to generate more light within themselves and put more love into the world. So we can say a lot of negative things about narcissism. I'm sure you can list off 10 annoying things right now. How narcissism hijacks a conversation, how it always has to be right. How the narcissistic personality is always looking for the fracture in the armor for someone's Achilles. 
it's fucking crazy making is what it is. You can say a lot of negative things about narcissism, but here, here it is. The truest thing is that underneath it all, narcissists feel insecure and inadequate. They do not feel great about themselves most of the time. Narcissism is a disease of feeling significantly less than. And that means that a full-on narcissist will have a hard time seeing other points of view because that might mean that their point of view is wrong and that just further affirms their less than-ness. So the narcissistic personality will go to great lengths to be right. And that means they are typically masters of the blame game. It means that they really suck at real intimacy because real intimacy means that you are going to be seen and heard and felt and understand for most of yourself. And narcissists do not want to be seen. Worse, they don't want to be seen and shamed for what is seen. So are you starting to have just some compassion? Just maybe, we're not going to take it too far. (laughs) We're going to keep some boundaries in place, but some compassion for the illness that is narcissism because they are, and when I say they, let, let me use my language more, more specifically here because that personality, cause I just, I don't want to, I don't want us to have a visual of just putting all of these awful narcissistic people in a bucket. Because if we label someone as narcissistic, we tend to see it like running through their whole life and their whole being, and it makes it so unredemptive and so unrelatable, and it just doesn't have to be that way. And at the same time, we we want to honor ourselves and out of our own self-love and preservation. We don't want to let that kind of toxicity into our life and how to have it feed on us and I mean, I could tell you a dozen very personal stories right now of a dozen individuals in my life who have had their lives destroyed by narcissistic personalities. But because they were already committed to their soulfulness, their spirit, to moving into the energetics of things, because they had the strength of empathy within themselves, they were able to turn that pain into power and not just put their lives back together again to resemble the original life that they desired, but to reassemble a whole new dream and to realize that dream. That would be called life after the narcissistic pileup. Okay, where was I? Ah, yeah. Charm. Charm with a narcissistic personality is a survival tactic. And because they are mostly in that paradigm of surviving, not of thriving, not of communing, not of being of service, but just getting by with their personality to affirm their worth, their existence on the planet, they can make an art out of charm. Yeah. The narcissistic personality loves a big plan, a big, juicy, grandiose, glossy, glamorous, often unrealistic plan. Why? Because it makes them feel bigger. 
Why do they want to feel bigger? Because they often spend much of their life feeling so much smaller than everybody else. And here's the thing with love, with having a loving nature, most definitely with being a feminine identified being. Love wants to naturally extend itself. Love wants to merge. Love wants to create home, be home, invite people into that home of true being, of lovingness, right? The narcissistic personality can't lose themselves in love. They can't leave the shell of the personality that they've constructed to venture out of that to create home with somebody else, certainly not to merge with somebody else. They are clutching so tightly onto their own identity that merging is not the motivation. The motivation is division for the purposes of self-preservation. And that is going to make someone extremely defensive most of the time. If you are fighting for your life, you are going to be on the defense. In the most esoteric way of looking at this, I think narcissists have turned their backs on their souls, on their true selves, on their original goodness, on their innate magnificence that we all have. And because they've turn their back on that light. They do not see the light of themselves. They are looking for a light source from other people. So I hope it's obvious that even though so many of us have been keeping a checklist like, mm-hmm, that's him. Uh-huh. Yep. Check. Oh, and yes. Yeah. Even though that's for real, there are a lot of legitimate reasons to feel compassion for a high-spectrum narcissist. And compassion is a brilliant response to all forms of pain. But don't get too soft, (laughs) because this is where the bright, spiritually inclined people read most self-helpers become the perfect pairing for this potentially diabolical mismatch. Because narcissists are driven to fill the holes in their soul, They perceive so many holes. Who better to recruit for that job than soulful people? And this is where healthy boundaries come in. So even though I've showed up and presented myself as being a woman who suffered no fools for so long, I was actually suffering some fools in the background. And my external my the image that I'd crafted of being tough it it was really just a false form of protection I mean really what I've learned and I I think I talk about this in every podcast episode is that gentleness is has become my greatest strength love is my greatest protection and It's the most beautiful dynamic because I am simultaneously impervious to a lot of toxicity that I I used to be really vulnerable to. And at the same time, there's so much more flow of goodness coming into my life. 
you know, I used to think, I used to equate being protective of my heart as being closed down because so much self-help stuff teaches us about openness and about going with the flow and that everybody's love and oneness. And while all those things are true, <laughs> um, we're still operating in this dimension and I'm the holy embodiment in human form. And I've got to take care of my householder personality driven everyday life. So I thought through that spiritual lens, that, that overly spiritual lens that um, actually, it's not, I don't think it can be overly spiritual. I think you can have a contorted view of what it means. So through that distorted view of spirituality, I thought that if I didn't befriend everybody, that I was cutting off the flow of spirit. I thought that if I wanted flow and if I wanted reciprocity, that I just had to be wide open to whoever showed up. I thought that if I really made myself inaccessible to certain people or situations, then I wasn't going to be open enough to all the good stuff coming into my life. The good stuff wasn't going to be able to reach me if I had barriers or boundaries up. But what was really happening for me is I had too much flow and not enough restraint. So I let a lot of shoddy behavior slide because I thought love is forgiving. I put off getting a lawyer (laughs) because I thought love is reasonable. And I understood conceptually that I am love itself, as we all are, that I am generous and forgiving and inclusive, and I am reasonable to the core. And if I had to be something different than that, if I had to be more stern, more delineating, that actually took a lot of efforting from me. It felt foreign. And what I let happen is I let myself be taken advantage of in a series of relationships with people who were very likely working with their own narcissistic personality. And I had to learn the hard way when I was forced, for the sake of my wellness, I was forced to withdraw my love and affection in some of those situations. And I realized how sacred boundaries and restraint were, particularly in the face of narcissism. Oh, hey, I just want to slide in for a minute, change the subject and turn it towards saving the world through clean drinking water. Rather than taking advertising dollars for this podcast, I'm just going to take a minute to tell you about Charity Water. It's one of my favorite nonprofit organizations. They have set out to provide clean drinking water for everyone in the world. How's that for a life-saving mission? If you head to charitywater.org, you can make a tax-deductible donation of any amount that goes towards building water wells that are accessible for people in the local community. And in addition to saving lives and deepening wellness in communities, it frees up time for women and girls who are often spending hours out of their day to walk miles to get clean drinking water. What do they do with that extra time? They go to school. They get educated. They get empowered. That's the power of charity water. Head on over. So 
So this is an answer to the question that often comes when I'm asked about narcissism. What is it? How do you spot it? And how do you heal from it if you feel like it has run you over? The healing behavior that's required of you may feel really unfamiliar and uncomfortable for you because it's the opposite of openness and what you've probably been doing with a narcissistic personality, which is accommodating them, doing the crazy circle talk of who's right and who's wrong. You know, you probably thought I should be more Buddhist. I should be more loving. I should, I need no more therapy. If I only went to a workshop, oh, I am being too demanding. I do want too much. I am impossible to please. Mm-hmm. There might be threads of truth in all of those things. And maybe the bedrock of your truth is that you are a child of God and you deserve to be loved, seen, heard, felt, adored, and respected. And you are allowed to have preferences about how you get those things. And you know what that's called? That's called healthy. And if someone can't meet your basic healthy needs to be seen, loved, and respected, you might have some decisions to make, or at the very least, some powerful conversations to have. So setting boundaries is challenging for most people. It's part of being a grown-up. It's part of making your way in the world. Boundaries is essential to creativity. And by creativity, I mean designing a life. But creating boundaries, especially with narcissists, is especially challenging for holistically inclined people because we tend to want to merge and connect with everything. (laughs) We want to be one with life. So for some of us, learning to set healthy boundaries is going to be the undertaking of our lifetime or at least the next three years. It is the ultimate work of self-reverence. Part of the healing when you are dismantling the impact of a relationship that's gone south with a narcissist is having some compassion for how hard it is to erect boundaries with that type of personality. It's going to feel like the most trying, demanding, gut-wrenching, impossible work that you have ever been forced to do. You feel like you're being forced to do it because it's so not native to your nature. You're actually not being forced to do it. This is a reclamation of your life, of your soul, of your vibrancy. And because narcissism needs to be right, and it needs to feel superior and jacked up over you, it's going to say to you, I knew you were cold. When you put up the boundaries, you're going to say, I knew you were manipulating me. I knew you had one foot out the door. I knew you were flighty. I knew you were capable of being this calculating. I knew you were heartless. I knew you wanted too much, right? And you know what your answer to that is? Because you love yourself, because you are in the process of realizing your inherent value, you're going to say, yes, I am capable of this. It's a marvelous thing called having standards. And who knows? Maybe that divinely grand act of you taking a stand and loving yourself and having some boundaries might on some level 
inspire someone who's dealing with narcissism to pause and love themselves. But you know what? It doesn't matter. (laughs) Because when you are extracting yourself from that dynamic, the call is to love yourself with a fierce sweetness more than you have ever mustered for yourself in your entire life. Little bit of extra love coming your way with reflection cards. Reflection cards are a set of really short but really deep, kind of like me, questions for you to go deeper into your heart and your own wisdom. You don't have to journal. You could ask yourself while you're running to catch the bus or you could journal. This could be part of your morning pages, just some depth to expand the day. You get the idea. I know you're wise. Questions reflection, expansion, go to daniellelaporte.com slash with love and everything podcast and reflection is right there waiting for you. Thanks. This is where I give you my love and encouragement. First, you're going to have to see with clarity the dynamic that's been going on. Then without blaming yourself for attracting it, for engaging with it, for submitting to it, for prolonging it, for feeding to it, without judgment, admit to it and make a plan to get the fuck out. And then to reassemble yourself, you have to dream a new dream. And that new dream has to be based on creating a life a new way of being and expressing yourself that's honoring your deep sensitivity, your deep beauty, and your unquestionable, unquestionable, without a doubt, value in the world. All that is love. All of that is self-agency and dignity. It's inclusive of you, of God, of spirit. And that, that's the opposite of narcissism. Thank you so much for listening, for feeling, for spreading the word. You can find me here in a new episode every Thursday and every Sunday with love.